welcome into another edition of Unpopular Opinions. I am your co-host, Chuck Taylor. And as always, I'm with my co-host, my trusty briefcase, Mr. Casey Cobb. Casey, how are you doing today? Well, Chuck, I'm hanging in there today, you know. Tough Aggie loss, and I'm going to be 49 tomorrow. So, you know, it's kind of a kind of a tough day for the old briefcase here. That's right. That's right. That's unfortunate. The Aggies couldn't uh, couldn't get that big victory yesterday for for your birthday weekend. But Casey's birthday is tomorrow, uh, the twenty third. So happy early birthday! I know I told you yesterday, but another happy early birthday to you, Casey. Thank you. Thank you. But um, yeah, we we had a lot of good games on the slate. Um, you know, and, and we'll go over our we'll do our review and previews and our, and our final takes. But before we Get into that. We'll kind of just uh, do the roundtable with college football um, here yesterday. Uh, Casey, were were there any exciting games off the off the front that uh, you want to talk about? I know I have just a couple that I want to mention here and there, but but anything that uh, jumped out at you yesterday? Yeah, there's one I'm going to talk about a little bit later in our closing arguments that was pretty exciting. Um, but I watched uh, the, some of that USC football game against Utah. And that, that was a, you know, typically don't get to watch some back 12, 12 games, but I enjoyed watching that. Those receivers for USC are pretty solid, man. they got some big receivers who can really play. You know, I enjoyed watching the, the uh, lesser conference of the Pac-12, right? And um, I watched some of the Houston game as well. Um, I think that was that a Thursday night game. I think it was a Thursday night. I think I think both of them were Friday. I think they were both Friday night. Yeah, it was a Friday, so evidently I didn't have too much going on, so I was able to watch some some uh, you know some Friday night football, which was cool. But, yeah, uh, that uh, that USC game, I I I think I watched a little bit of it, but I, that's still their backup, or maybe they're on their third string quarterback, Matt Fink. That's that's not the starter. Um, yeah, they're they're on their third string quarterback. Their second stringer got knocked out like on the first series, and their third string came in and and uh, played a pretty decent game. But um, you know, I watched part of that, and then I watched some of that Houston game. And wow, man, the Tulane Green Wave coming back, dude, three and one this year. I thought that was pretty cool. Dana Holgerson's got some work to do down in Houston, but uh, that was, I mean that was a fun game, kind of cool to see a. I guess you could call it an upset. C2 Lane, who's historically been a bad football team, come and win that one. So I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And it's always cool to watch the kind of local teams, you know, the local Texas teams um, for you there. I, I didn't get to catch that one. I, I did watch a little bit of the USC, USC game, and I, that just stunned me because there was a couple people, not too many, but there was a couple people that had Utah in their playoff. Mm-hmm. which um, is just mind-boggling to me why that was uh, why that was a thing. But, I mean, obviously that, that those dreams are dashed with USC, um, gashing them. But what USC has been able to do with, yeah, their second and now third-string quarterback is just unbelievable to me. Um, they have a really good wide receiver in Amon Ross St. Brown. He was uh, tortured to us the, the past couple of years. But, um, yeah, really impressive from USC. Really impressive yeah. game there. Yeah, it really was. That was good. So, yeah, that's kind of what I saw. And and uh, the other thing I was just going to bring up briefly is, you know, I took a look at the the Heisman, uh, you know, the Heisman uh, watch list here. You know, they got Jalen Hurts far and away in first place. You got uh, Tagovailoa in second, Joe Burrow third, 
Trevor Lawrence fourth, and Sam Ellinger of Texas is is in the mix for, for a Heisman Trophy. Man, that's good. I mean, yeah, he's definitely uh, he's definitely earned it with his play thus far. Um, I, you know, as far as like being a front runner or a finalist, I don't I don't know if he's been that um, crazy, but to have his name in the you know to be getting votes, sure, I mean, he's definitely earned that right. Um, where do you, I was trying to, why I, I, they don't even have the Heisman thing on ESPN yet, do they? Or where are you, did you find that on, on ESPN? No, I just, uh, looked on USA Today. They've got a little, oh. and disappointing that Jonathan Taylor's not on there. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. that, that, that's pretty surprising to not see him in the in the race there because Jonathan Taylor we'll we'll talk about it here in a minute but he had a heck of a game uh this week and and that guy has just been lighting up scoreboards for the past few years um but yeah I think um you know I I watched a few games here there over the weekend but nothing nothing too crazy I did get to watch some of that you know quite a bit of that SMU TCU game the battle for the iron skillet and uh, SMU able to to take that home for the first time since 2011, and only the second time since I think 2000. Um, so big big win there for SMU. Shane Bouchelle, former UT quarterback, uh, looked really good. had a, had a solid showing, and uh, yeah. yeah, that was a that was a pretty good one. But Sonny, Sonny Dykes might have the ponies back on the hilltop, man. I mean, that's pretty cool to beat TCU, a big game for them. You know, it's nice to see a local team step up and, and get a good win like that. Absolutely. And that pushes them to 4-0. and And somebody said that uh, they very well, you know, made a good point that very well might be ranked um, this next this next week. I guess I guess the rankings are out where they – I haven't had a chance to, to look yet. Let me see here. No, they're not ranked. But they are receiving votes. Uh, they're pretty high up on the on the boat. So if or when they become ranked, um, it'll be the first time in, I think it's a, a decade or, or longer. I can't, it's been a long time. I can't remember what the stat I saw said, but it, it's been a long time since they've been ranked. So we'll see. Yeah, but, <clears throat> yeah, so with that, let, let's move into our picks and um, and see how this week went. We didn't keep it very exciting this week. We all picked the the same for the three games. Um, we'll go ahead and start in the Big Ten. Number eleven Michigan against number thirteen Wisconsin. Wisconsin taking this one home thirty five to fourteen. I had Wisconsin winning thirty nine twenty one. You had Wisconsin winning thirty four to twenty. So pretty close in our scores there, uh, relatively. Casey, what did you watch this one? What'd you see from the beatdown out there in Madison? Yeah, as we alluded to earlier, you know, it was the Jonathan Taylor show, you know, 203 yards on 23 attempts, average 8.8 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, yeah, he was a monster out there. And, you know, their quarterback really didn't have to do much. I mean, gosh, I mean, they only had like 128 yards through the air. So, you know, it's the Jonathan Taylor show. And I would expect him to maybe get some Heisman love here in the near future, Chuck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a monster. But, I mean, you also got to give that uh, that Wisconsin D some some credit. They held them to forty yards rushing, wow. um, which is yeah, just crazy. They 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 made them one dimensional. Shea Patterson ended up cleaning up um, there in the second half, mainly the fourth quarter. Uh, he was able to scrounge two hundred and nineteen yards out of it, but he was fourteen of thirty two mm. with two two touchdowns and an interception. So, really, all around good defensive game for Wisconsin. 
they just – I mean, they flat out looked like the better team. They made Michigan look like they should not even be ranked, um, let alone ranked 11th in the country. So another disappointing loss for Jim Harbaugh. And I right. saw a stat where they have not – under Jim Harbaugh, they have not won um, against a top 25 team on the road yet. Um, no kidding. Yeah. So – I told you the other day, I think, I think his days are numbered um, because I think Michigan gets trashed by Ohio state this year in, uh, in that, in the, the game. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on it? I, I think Jim is clear out of, ran out of time out there. Yeah. He may have worn out his honeymoon, you know, I mean, there was a whole lot of hype coming in with, with Jim Harbaugh. They were ready to elect him, you know, president of uh, the entire state. But uh, it's been been a little bit of a disappointing run for him. So I don't know. We'll see. They may give him one more year because, you know, he is an alum. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I I just can't. I mean, they paid him so much money. He's he's making 70 million. I mean, he might be making more than Jimbo. I'm not sure. The contracts are pretty, pretty similar, but. Uh, he just has not earned his keep. He hasn't beat Ohio State once. Right. Um, I, you know, I don't even know if he has a bowl win at this point. Maybe one. But, yeah, Michigan, very underwhelming. Just get trashed by Wisconsin in here. And um, so, very disappointing game from the Wolverines. Moving on, we will go to uh, your alma mater. Uh, we had number eight Auburn Tigers against the number 17 Texas A&M fighting Aggies. This one out in Aggieland. Um, I had A&M winning 34 to 27. You had A&M winning 28, 25. Your final out there in college station was 28 to 20 Auburn. Casey, you got to watch this game. I, I wasn't able to watch it cause it was on CBS. Uh, so I couldn't stream it, but what, uh, what happened out there in Kyle field? Well, what happened Chuck is that once again, hopes have been dashed, you know, Aggie faithful year after year, we continue to think that this is going to be the year. And to be honest with you, we should really manage the expectations, thinking that uh, next year should be the year that we start getting frustrated if Jimbo's not able to bring it home. I think that winning the LSU game last year may have given us some false hope. So, you know, clearly they couldn't run the ball. You know, the, the Auburn defense just did not allow us to get running, you know, had fumbles, dropped passes again. Um, you know, Auburn was able to make key plays in critical moments. And, uh, you know, it was 21 to three at one point. So, I mean, until like the fourth quarter, A&M kept trying to run. They finally abandoned the run, started passing and actually got the game going and got, you know, ended up being 28-21. But it's just clear that that uh, Auburn it was a better team that day. You know, they play tough. They play physical. Um, Bo Nix made good decisions. I mean, even though he didn't throw for a lot of yards, he just made it happen whenever it needed to happen. Um you know, and that's kind of what I saw. I mean, we were able to keep them from rushing for a ton of yards. Our rush defense is still good, but, uh, you know, the, the offense is still kind of suspect, man, you know? Yeah, I was going to ask you – I was going to ask you if you think this is more of a case of um, Auburn was the better team or was it A&M just flopped? I mean, what? so you're, you're thinking it was a case of Auburn came in there I- – I think Auburn team. was Auburn was a better team that day. They were, yeah, I really okay. do. And I think that we stuck we stuck with the game plan of trying to run. And Jimbo said at the half, "Hey, we need to run the ball." Well, when they couldn't run and they abandoned the run, then you look at it. You know, like third, fourth period, 
right? Kellen was able to throw for 335 yards and two TDs and no interceptions, right? 31 out of 49 completions. So, I mean, uh, finally, it was nice to see the receivers were catching balls and doing what they're supposed to do is making some good passes and good decisions near the end of the game. But uh, too little, too late, you know. Uh, I sometimes wonder if Jimbo needs to adapt his, his style. I think he tries to force his style rather than adapting the style to the game. And, uh, no, I give this to Auburn. I, I, I think it clearly they, they played a good game. They're solid. They're tough. Um, they're strong. So, you know, we'll, uh, um, I don't know, man. It was, it was disappointing. I didn't lose my mind, you know. I you know, watched it over at, your, uh, over at your, mother, your grandmother's house. Had a little stationary bike there, so about every thirty minutes, when I got mad, I just get on there and like you know, bicycle. So I think that's going to be, I think that'll be my new way to deal with uh, the frustration I get uh, being an Aggie. You know, like hey, that's Aggie dude. That's so, fine. You get in shape while you're while you're exactly. watching football. <laughs> yeah, instead of throwing stuff. So that's yeah, a good technique. Well, yeah, that just uh, looking over the, I mean, some interesting stats here. I mean, you know, Bo Nix goes 12 of 20 for 100 yards, one right. touchdown, no picks. So really nothing going on there. And then you look at the rushing, they gave up 193 yards rushing, but it took a lot of carries from their starting back. Um, Whitlow had had to get 67 yards on 18 carries for only 3.7 average. Yeah. Uh, besides the, the Anthony Schwartz 57-yard run, and he only had one carry for 57 yards. Mm-hmm. Besides that, everyone was averaging three, two, four yards a carry. So it took a lot for them to get that 193 yards on the ground. They yeah. weren't really able to pass it. But A&M, you know, I mean, Kellen Mond, their leading rusher, you alluded to it, nine carries for 26 yards was their leading rusher. Isaiah Spiller, who you talked up pregame, uh, to look out for six carries on nine yards and fumbled the ball on the opening possession of the second half when I thought we could get my <clears throat> back. Yeah, so this was a this looks like a very defensive uh, game. Besides A and M kind of figuring their defense out a little bit in the fourth quarter with Kellen Mond throwing the ball. Besides that, it looked like a very defensive game, and it you know just from the outside looking in, it looked like maybe Auburn took advantage of the opportunities that A and M didn't before that fourth quarter. Um, you know, they were able to capitalize on scoring drives where A&M wasn't, but, you know, not a, not a landslide, you know, win for Auburn. I mean, yeah, they're up late, but then A&M came back, but still I like A&M's defense. Their defense is impressive and, and they have shown the ability to, to keep teams down and, um, you know, contained, right. but I told you this and, and this is, you know, A&M's not one of our picks for next week, so we're not going to get back on them, but. I started to tell you this yesterday. You know, A&M has five big games this year. Yeah. They've got Clemson, Auburn, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia. And right now they're 0-2 in those big games. If right. they go 0 for 5 in those games, those A&M boosters, you know, it's, it, I'm not talking about firing or anything like that, but Jimbo's going to feel the heat in College Station if uh, if they go 0-5 in those games this year. Those, those Aggie boosters are going to be very, very unhappy if that happens. Yeah, we'll be um, frustrated, but Chuck, I, I do think, and people have been saying all along, year three, year three. Year three is when we want to see, you know, his system in place and his guys in place. So year three, I think if, if uh, a seven, we're looking at seven and five, I'll be honest with you, that's what I'm thinking is seven and five this year. So 
if, if next year turns out that way, then there's going to be some frustration in Aggie land for sure. That's true. But you're nine and four last year. I mean, I get that you have a really tough schedule, but you got to find what, I mean, he's, you know, He's big Jimbo, big game Jimbo. You know, he won a national championship. He's got to win some of these games. Yeah, I know. Um, and, and, you know, I'm just talking about, you know, I don't know if it's a Georgia or an LSU game. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't see you guys beating Alabama. I just don't think Maybe, it's going to happen. No. Even, even though it's at A&M, I just don't see that happening. I think it's nope. going to have to be Georgia or LSU. I mean, you know, you got to win one of them. Auburn was a game that, that Jimbo really needed in this program, really needed. Um but, you know, it's going to go one of two ways. They're either going to continue down this path and, you know, they'll, they'll go 0-5 in these games or Jimbo will turn stuff around and, and they'll make Alabama a close game and, and they get either Georgia or LSU on their heels. Um, right. the, the bad thing is they play them back-to-back and they're both on the road. So, that's, yeah. I mean, that's tough. That's just yep. tough. Real tough. But, um, you know, that's, that, my whole point is nobody's going to feel bad for you. You know, this is the schedule. You know, you got to play a schedule and, you know, Jimbo knew what he's walking into and, you know, the players knew what they were walking into. Nobody expected this team to go, you know, 11 and one or anything like that, but man, to go 0 and five in those big games, that's just, that's tough. Um, That's tough. But anyways, so moving on from that, uh, the last game was the biggest game on the docket. It was number seven, Notre Dame against number three, Georgia. We both kind of had similar thoughts on this. Um, I had Georgia winning 37-27. You had Georgia winning 42-21. Georgia took this one home 23-17. Casey, I don't know. I, you know, Again, this one was on CBS. I wasn't able to watch it. Looked like Notre Dame gave Georgia a little bit of a game. Yeah, they did. I, I didn't get to watch this one either. But, yeah, they gave them a bit of a game. You know, Notre Dame showed up to play. But, uh, you know, Jake Fromm came through, did what he does. You know, he played well and uh, pushed them over the edge, you know, played, it was a good leader, had a good QBR rating of 116, uh, 20 for 26. I mean, just composed, calm, took care of business. And uh, DeAndre Swift, you know, they got a wide receiver there. He's looking pretty good too. He had a nice game, uh, 98 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, I think Notre Dame's defense isn't too shabby, but uh, Georgia was able to, to come through when they needed to and make things happen. You know, you look at Notre Dame, they had a couple of interceptions. You know, if they had, had been able to hold on to the ball and not have those turnovers, they very well could have upset Georgia. Yeah, Ian Book um, really gets talked up. You know, I mean, you know, they've had, you know, Brandon Wimbush and these different quarterbacks that came in. It looks like they may have found one in Ian Book. His completion percentage wasn't great. Um, 275 yards, two TDs, two picks, but – you know, he, he definitely, if you take the turnovers out of it, he definitely did enough um, to, to make some noise. But, yeah. yeah, Jake Fromm, very efficient with his completion percentage. Not a, not a you know, amazing game by any stretch of the imagination, but just very workmanlike. You know, DeAndre Swift, 98 yards, five yards of carry, very workmanlike performance from Georgia. And that's kind of what you're going to get um, in these big games. They just right. find a way to grind and pound and grind you into the ground. Um I think this is the game, uh, just real quick, if the Aggies are going to win one, I could see them taking the Georgia game. Um, LSU is, is on another level with that new offense, but Georgia, I think, is beatable. Um, I, I, I don't know if they go. They're in the East, the SEC East, so there's that going for them. But 
out of the, all the teams in the SEC, I think George is clearly the weakest. They're just – they're very workmanlike. But, I mean, Jake Fromm's not going to light you up. I mean, it's just not going to happen, especially if we're talking about A&M specifically. A, you know, A&M's defense is too good. Jake Fromm's not going to light him up. So, it's just all about containing their run game, DeAndre Swift. And they've got big bodies on the line um, that are going to push and pull you. But if you can get past that, I mean, you know, Notre Dame made a game out of this. So, George is going to have to find a way to be a little bit more explosive to hang with teams like Alabama and LSU um, in the playoffs if they're going to make some noise. So, with that, do you have anything else to add with the Notre Dame-Georgia game? No, I think that's it, Chuck. Okay, so moving on to this week's picks. Well, real quick, so we both got two out of three right. We both get two points. That moves the season score to five apiece. We're still tied, hopefully. Hopefully we don't have all the same picks this week. Um, I don't think we will. So starting off this week, we got three matchups, two in the Pac-12. Uh, not great matchups this week, but we got some decent ones. We got some ones that will be exciting to watch. So let's start with uh, number 19, Utah, the Utes, uh, facing up against Mike Leach's Washington State Cougars. Casey, in this one. Yeah, I think the honeymoon is over for Utah. I think USC was able to show us that uh, they can be beat, you know, and probably put them out of the playoff picture. That You know, they got a nice team. But I think Washington State, I think Mike Leach is going to go in there. And uh, even though they're unranked now, I think they're, they're going to have – they're going to have something they want to prove. I think that it's going to – I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a lot of points. I got Washington State winning this one, 42 to 40. <laughs> 42 to 40. Yes, sir. Upset city. 42 40, Washington State over the Utes. Yes, sir. Okay. I, li- I know you like you some Mike Leach, so that, Love that makes sense. Um, I'm going to go the other way with this one. This one's in Utah. They are, the, the line isn't out yet, um, Vegas odds, but the matchup predictor has Utah showing to be the favorite. So it's probably Utah is, is going to be the favorite in this one. Um, this one's in Utah. I think they were, you know, maybe a little too hyped, but I think they're pissed off um, at losing this last week uh, to USC. I think they go out there. I think they show up Mike Leach and the Cougars. Now, the Cougars just had a big loss uh, this week. Who did, oh, yeah, the UCLA game. Did you see that game? I didn't watch that, but I heard it was a barn burner. I didn't watch that either, but I saw that they were down by 21 or whatever it was. UCLA came back on Washington State, so – both of these uh, uh, both these teams had very disappointing weeks this last week. I think Utah comes out um, on top on this one, and as far as a score, I'll go I'll go thirty eight. Let's go thirty eight thirty three. Utah takes this one home. I think it's close. I think it'll be a good matchup, um, good test for Mike Leach, good test for Utah. But I think Utah takes this one home thirty eight thirty three. So moving on. We got number 21, the USC Trojans, against the number 17, Washington Huskies, another Pac-12 matchup. Casey, what do you see in this one? Yeah, let's see, Chuck. I'm going with Washington. You know, USC, I think they've shown that they're good. I don't think they're awesome, even though they beat Utah. I think Utah may have been overrated. I think USC is good, maybe a little overrated. I think Washington's going to win this game 30 to 27 in a close one. Um, it is at Washington, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think the home field advantage is what's going to put them over the edge. I think they'll take care of this game, Chuck. 
That's a good pick. Um, you know, it's it's really tough for me. R- right now, again, the line isn't out, but the, the matchup predictor has a 71%, almost 72% chance of Washington winning. Um, I think that's a little high. I think USC, you know, beating Utah, that's that's nothing to slack off about. Utah, although they were overrated, they're still the number 10 team in the country. So there's some reason to that. Um, you know, I, I think that's a little bit absurd to be – that sure on it because Washington hasn't exactly, you know, lit the world on fire either losing to Cal in week two. Uh, so it's going to be a good game. Um, but like you said, two things that are going to push me the same way it's at Washington and USC is on their third string quarterback. I don't know if uh, the second stream is going to play in this game, but even if he does uh, second or third string quarterback going to Washington, that's a, that's a tough place to play. Um, right. up there. So I'm going to go Washington as well. Uh, and let's see, let's say this one's going to be, I hate picking scores close to you. Let's say 27 to 20 Washington takes that one home 27 right. to 20. Okay. So our last game of the week, uh, arguably the biggest game We've got number 18, Virginia, the Cavaliers against number 10, coming off a loss, the Notre Dame fighting Irish Casey. Does Notre Dame have redemption in this one? I think they do. I think Buck will get back on track if he can cut down on the interceptions. You know, we saw their defense played pretty well against Georgia. They were in that game. I think they're going to take care of business against Virginia. To be honest, I don't know a lot about what Virginia's done. I know they're in the ACC, which – has a couple of good teams. I wouldn't say it's a super strong division, but I've got Notre Dame winning 27 to 13. I think it's going to be a pretty low scoring game and probably more of a defensive game than, uh, than people think. Okay. What, what was the final score there real quick? 27 to 13 Notre Dame, Chuck. 27, 13. Okay. Yeah. Looking at Virginia's schedule, they just had a, a close one against old dominion and old dominion was actually winning that game for most of the game. Virginia had to come back. Uh, this is the biggest game on Virginia's schedule. They play Miami. They go to Miami. They go to North Carolina. But besides that, they don't have to play Clemson this year. Uh, and then they have the rivalry game against Virginia Tech at the end of the year. So this is the biggest game that Virginia's going to play. I think they're going to be hyped up. I think they're going to be ready to go. But Notre Dame's going to be too good. This one's in uh, South Bend. Um, like you said, Ian Book, uh, you know, Notre Dame gave Georgia a good good game. They're showing that. Maybe, you know, I don't know if they're playoff potential, but they're definitely better than in some recent years. Uh, if they can prove that they can hang with Georgia, I think they can hang with Virginia at home. So I'm going to go Notre Dame in this one as well. And I'm going to say, oh, let's see. Virginia hasn't played anyone. I think Notre Dame's going to kind of open their eyes a little bit. So I'm going to say 41 to – Let's go 41-28. Let's go 41-28, Notre Dame taking that one home. I think Ian Book makes it happen. Um, So with that, those are our review and preview of picks. Check back next week to see how we did. Again, uh, the season scores right now, it's 5-5. We're tied. Um, But with that, Casey, are you ready to take us out with your final take of the week? Yeah, my final final take of the week, Chuck, is I got two things for you today that I observed. Um, you know, we saw it all over the the place uh, on a lot of the a lot of the little news feeds I was looking over before we got ready for this podcast. And 
there's a lot of shots of a uh, garden uh, Minshew, the quarterback for Washington state last year, rocking his homemade jorts that he had. You know, I thought that was pretty funny. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of Washington state fans wearing some homemade jorts when it gets to be November and it's cold and snowy up there. Absolutely. So, uh, that, that was kind of funny trying to bring the, the jort back in. Right. You know, that was a, that was a nice, uh, nice thing to wear back in the nineties where I remember I had a nice pair of jorts too. Pretty comfy, you know, practical, right. You can't go too wrong with some jean shorts. So, so, uh, so you wore them back in the day where you, you made your own jorts. You yeah, didn't dude, buy. Jorts. Yeah, dude. You didn't, yeah, man. you didn't buy pre-cut jorts. Oh, no, sir. Made yeah. my own, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah see, yeah. there you go. Yeah, I went to the thrift store, got some jeans when I was poor in college, and you know we just uh, you know cut them off, and dude, you're ready to go, you know. Now, once it hit winter, did you take your cut off pant legs and stitch or or staple them back to your jorts to make jeans again? No, because remember this is the '90s, so you, then you went with the Eddie Vedder look, right, where you wore like the thermal uh, the thermal pole pants, right. The thermal underwear, the, the long johns, we used to call them. And so you'd wear those mm-hmm. underneath, and then you'd pull your jorts on with your uh, Doc Martin boots, and you're ready to go, dude. So, you know, and then if it got hot, right, you know, maybe it was a little cool in the morning, you wore your thermals, then you could just go in the bathroom, take those off, you know, take the thermals off, put the jorts back on, and uh, there you go, dude. You're ready to go out there and play some Frisbee or hacky sack. There you go. That's that's genius. Yeah, see genius ingenuity. That's right. And then my, my second my second thing to talk about is, you know, UCF thought they were going to be uh, hoisting that uh, fake national championship banner once again like they did last year, but it all went to naught when Pitt did the the uh, the Pitt special, right? It's like the Philadelphia. I think it was Philadelphia actually did that uh, play some years back. You know, took uh, hiked the ball to the running back, running back tossed it off to another running back tossed the ball over to uh, the quarterback Pittman and, and scored with the game running out. So I thought that was pretty impressive. Thank you, Pitt, for uh, helping us to not have to listen to another year of UCF fans running around thinking that they're the national championships because they played nobody. So that was pretty impressive. <laughs> that was cool. It's always fun to see a cool play like that. Yeah, that one was a 35-34, man. That, that's a – man – Close, close game. Yeah, I just saw the very end of that where UCF was trying to march it down at the right. end of the game, but um, UCF was up in that one, and and Pitt yeah, kind of came back. Yeah, so great, great for Pitt. Yeah, great for the program. Um, anything else to add on your final takes? No, that's all my final takes today, Chuck. You know, maybe you're going to go out there and get yourself a make yourself a pair of homemade jorts. I expect to see that for our next podcast. <laughs> yeah i might have to well if i do i won't go out and get jor i'll go out and get jeans like garrett Minshew did or garner Minshew, whatever his name is and cut them that's that's the real you know you don't go buy jort now you can but that's what the losers do you know you'll buy pre-cut jorts but um no yeah i've got uh i've got my final take before i get my final take just um you know uh, we didn't mention it, but great Texas win. Um, they, like I told you earlier, they managed to, they almost managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, but they managed to <laughs> elude that. It's, it's one of those games, man, where you just, I, I don't know if you watched it, but like, I, and I'm not going to go into it, but it's just one of those games where 
every single time Texas had a chance to put the game away or they did something right, right, something would go wrong. It was just like, man, you know, like we just we just stopped them, you know, a huge stop on fourth down, and then we fumbled the punt. It's, it's like every time. It was, so, it was such a frustrating game to watch, but but they ended up pulling it out. Um, and then also uh, Montana won this week 47-27 over Monmouth. They go into conference play next week uh, with a 3-1 and one non-conference record. I think they play UC Davis uh, next week for the first conference matchup. So go Grizz. But um, outside of those two, my final take, a little, little sad this week. Um, Sad to hear about the passing of uh, Jevin Sneed this morning, mm-hmm. um, former uh, UT, and uh, um, I just blanked. Where else did he go to school? Ohio State? I can't remember uh, right off the top of my head. But anyway, former UT quarterback Jevin Sneed, um, still leaking details about what exactly happened, but he was he was found um, last night in a hotel room, I believe. So um, RIP to Jevin Sneed is – you know, gone too soon. I think he was 32 and that, that follows with Cedric Benson's death in the off season, uh, motorcycle, wow. motorcycle crash. Yeah. So, uh, I think Cedric Benson was 30. I think he was 34. He was in his thirties too. So really sad, um, to see these sad. guys go so soon. So just RIP to those two. And yeah, Texas is already wearing the, the number 32, uh, on their helmet. Uh, in honor of Cedric Benson, I don't know if they'll do anything for Jevin Steed. He was only with us a year, year or two years before he transferred. He was the backup quarterback to Colt McCoy when he right. first started. So, yeah, very unfortunate. But um, you know, like I said, R.I.P. and, and our wishes go out to the, the families of those two. Um, but anyways, yeah. So that's uh, that's the episode for this week. Um, Casey, any last parting words? Um, any, anything to say? Uh, you know, I just got to say that my expectations have now been level set and managed, so I will not be losing my mind the rest of the season with uh, my Texas A&M love, sir. <laughs> Are you going to sell your uh, Jimbo straw hat? No, I'm not going to sell it yet. I'm going to hold on to that. <laughs> I mean, you got to have some hope. <laughs> long way to go. Yeah, long way to go on that contract. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think, I think Georgia – that's that's the game to win. That's what that's what Jimbo needs to be circling. He needs to say we got to win this game, and I think they've got a pretty decent chance with that defense because they do have a very impressive defense. Yeah. But, anyways, well, we'll check back with you next week. Texas has a bye week next week. Thank God we got half our team injured against Oklahoma State, so we're gonna try to get healthy and and mend the uh, mend the injuries. Um, Cowboys just got done beating up on the Dolphins, so they're three and zero. So. Nice. Uh, get a healthy dose of Super Bowl talk on the ticket. I'm sure you know bound for, the, bound for the Super Bowl now. We're three and zero. We are. But anyways, we'll uh, we'll catch you guys next week. At least Montana will be in action. I think the Aggies play, so we'll have something to talk about next week. We'll get into some Heisman talk. I think next week, uh, maybe they'll have the the early picks out, and we'll get to see see who's the front runner for that. But till next week, thank you guys so much for downloading and listening. Thank you guys. Um, subscribe to the show. Um, leave us a rating or a view. Share it anywhere you want. Um, and share it with friends and family. And uh, until next week, this has been Unpopular Opinions. He's Casey Cobb. I'm Chuck Taylor. We'll see you guys next week.